The following podcast may contain strong language and adult themes and is therefore entirely suitable for Danes of all ages. This is English for Danes. Daisies blooming Sundress swaying in the breeze I can't stop staring You've put a spell on me Hello. Well, that last pod dated quickly. Casper was quite wall-like, but he was surrounded by bricks. More damp squid than dark horses. But an effective protest against the World Cup nonetheless. Turn up without bothering to turn up. Oh well. And you have a new government. We've lost the Great Prayer Day, symbolising peace and unity, so we can increase defence spending, symbolising war and death. It's also a shame the job centres are closing, as it will remove one of Copenhagen's finest examples of humour. The cafe opposite Copenhagen's main job centre is called Milk and Honey, as in the land of milk and honey. Paradise. But today I'm focusing on Hugge and the Danish winter. So essentially, winter Hugge. Winter is here. It's been coming for a while, and now the dead are on the march, decked out in their black winter jackets and enormous colourful scarves. I've just landed at the summer house to warm it up before the family arrive later. As usual, it's much colder inside than outside. The wood-burning stove is lit, and I'm huddled next to it, mug of coffee in hand, defrosting. I watch my breath as I ponder the next lines. My phone says it's going to be minus ten tonight. But snow is on the ground, the sun is shining, the air is still, and the frozen spiderwebs are a beautiful reminder that we haven't been here for a while. Yesterday kids were scraping the snow from cars to make snowballs. I imagine some were going sledging after school. On days like these, winter in Denmark can be stunning, idyllic even. But days like these aren't the norm. Danish winters are long, dark, wet and windy. But I didn't think I was moving to Fiji, so I don't complain much. I've also survived winters in Russia and Poland. In Moscow I spent six months taking mini-steps on a thick layer of ice, the hair in my nose frozen, and wearing an old forest worker's jacket someone lent me. I looked ridiculous, but it stopped me freezing to death. When I arrived in Denmark, I didn't know what to expect of the winter. Now I know. Now I know it just drags on, one grey, miserable day after another. It almost feels colder here than Moscow. It may have been minus 30 there, but it was a dry, windless cold. Much as I enjoy the literal nature of the Danish language, it's sometimes a little puzzling. If spring, for or, is literally before year, and autumn, after or, is literally after year, then, logically, summer is the year, and winter doesn't exist. Wishful thinking. So how do Danes cope with the Danish winter months when the sun says cheerio at four in the afternoon 
and vaguely gets up again 17 hours later. They get all oogly, cozying up inside with friends and family. Cozying up? Oh dear, that won't do. You can't translate hygge. Oh no. Hygge is a mystical thing that can only be truly created and appreciated in Denmark and most other countries. Hygge, a word so embedded in the Danish cultural identity that enthusiastic souls from The Guardian and other Denmark-loving media have gone hygge crazy to share this exclusively Danish concept of cosy togetherness. Denmark has sold hygge well. Crime series like The Killing made murder cosy by giving the lead role to a knitted jumper. Danes spend their lives assessing get-togethers according to how hoogly it was. Assessing anything, really. Hygge is the defining factor. Deva hoogly! No, for hoogly! Danes strive for and can find hygge in pretty much everything. But you Danes know this. In the winter, hygge is a dish best served at home. So what are some of the ingredients? I asked a bunch of Danes. Responses included the following. Candles, obviously. Cake, the smell of freshly baked bread, cooking together. A crackling fire. Woolly socks, a big knitted jumper. Wood. Coffee in a mug, preferably one made by a local potter. Reading a book in a cosy corner. Appreciating the small things in life. Doing little slowly, and Christmas, in fact, all December. And hygge inside is so much better if the outside is really grim and you're shielded from the elements. Hygge is about creating an intimate, cosy atmosphere where everyone has a relaxing time, a warm sense of togetherness, of belonging. Hygge doesn't have to be inside. On the occasional sunny, crisp days, it's hoogly to sit outside a cafe covered in a blanket. It's hoogly to stamp around on the fjord ice. And it's hoogly to play in the snow. There's not that much snow anymore, though, partly thanks to all those hoogly wood-burning stoves. Some nutters go winter bathing. Not hoogly, to my mind. But hey, I met a Danish friend this morning. After Christmas chat and him saying his holes had already begun, I asked him where he was off to. Just to get a few beers to take to friends later, we're watching a film after the swim. Not winter bathing. Yeah, it'll be tough today. Ooh, ice on the steps going in. But I still love it. You're a loon. I've been here a while, so I get what makes a home an occasion hoogly. Or at least Christine knows. As it happens, we had a truly hoogly time the other weekend also here at the summer house. I'm wearing my big woolen socks and a massive knitted jumper. I have some comfy pyjama-like trousers on and I'm sitting in front of the wood-burning stove with a cup of coffee and a book. The dim light from numerous strategically positioned lamps is complemented by a mass of candles, reminiscent of a satanic ritual. A rug covers the wooden floor, and numerous uniquely covered cushions are scattered around. We took out a loan recently to buy a wooden monkey. Wood is hoogly. The smell of freshly baked bread emanates from the kitchen, where Christine is similarly dressed in oversized comfy clothing.
Hey, kids, wouldn't you like some screen time? No, thank you, Father. I'm making some paper hearts for the Christmas tree, says my angelic daughter. And I'd like to help Mother make some yummy jam and elderberry juice from this year's garden harvest, says equally angelic son. We've already had the two hours of daylight for today, so we're now snugly sheltered inside from the bitter cold outside. We have a Danish couple coming this evening, and Danes like meat, so we're making a stew from the leg of the little lamb we saw yesterday happily skipping around on the farm next door. Farmer Ib has also provided us with our seasonal vegetables. We've baked a cake, and we have a range of venable and licorice for afters. We've made our own glug, a warm wine with nuts and raisins thrown in, to sip outside as we hold our snowball over a fire. The guests are about to arrive, and we know they'll be bang on time. We've changed clothes, casual yet stylish, and we've turned off any lights that actually give any light. The kids have just returned from the garden with some hoogly decoration, pine cones, twigs, and any other crap they found lying around. We sit around the candlelit table exchanging stories and laughing, and discuss the best way to make sour bread and where to buy the best cheese. We share memories, avoid any controversial subjects, and enjoy the resulting silence. The kids leave us to it and play a board game until it's time for snowball and glug. It's idyllic. It's hoogly. And most of this is middle-class bollocks, much like the book on Hooger I just read. As one reviewer wrote, Burn the book. The crackling fire, you are told, is very hoogly. But some of my hygge idyll is true. We do have numerous strategically positioned lamps, but they certainly don't provide enough light to read. I have a massive knitted jumper, or at least it used to be massive. It's either shrunk, or I've grown as fat as my son repeatedly tells me since Christine first presented it to me. We have numerous rugs and cushions, and we do make use of the garden produce, and occasionally sit around a fire cooking snowball. But we don't go nuts on candles, though many Danes do. We can't afford a wooden monkey, even if we wanted one, and the kids are now teenagers, so playing together isn't always angelic, and they'd rather watch a YouTuber make Christmas decorations than do it themselves. Scratch that. There's no way they'd watch that. The daughter would film herself making a Christmas decoration, put it to music, throw in a random dance, and put it on TikTok. You don't need a fireplace, big woolen socks and designer wooden animals for a hoogly experience. But maybe you need some of those mentioned to have a Danish hoogly experience. There is something to hygge, but not as much as some like to believe. And although the word hygge is exclusively Danish and Norwegian, the concept isn't. It is possible for other nationalities to have a, let's say it, cosy time, and they know how to make that time cosy, just in a not-so-Danish way. Fewer candles, brighter lamps, less homemade jam. Of course, hygge isn't just a winter thing, far from it. In the spring, it's hygge to cut the grass for the first time, to sow seeds, to gather around a bonfire on St. Hans. In summer, it's hygge to barbecue, picnic to go on a bike ride, to sit with beers in parks at the beach or on the harbour front, and to enjoy the long summer evenings when it's possible to play football at eleven at night. A 
And in the autumn, it's hygli, to walk in forests, taking photos of mushrooms and yellowing leaves, and to wallow in the beauty of nature, or for some, shoot it. Winter wouldn't be so hygli if there wasn't Christmas to break it up. The run-up to Christmas is hygli, even if it's a little overwhelming at times. It's early January, when Christmas is over, that hygli is needed. Before a last comment on one of my favourite jokes, surely worth staying around for, I'll throw in a worth remembering, one that causes Danes all kinds of bother. Disagreement isn't very hygli. We also talk about agreement in language. What is that? To get all grammatical for a moment, agreement is when the subject and verb agree. I like hygge. You like hygge. We like hygge. The neighbours, they like hygge. He likes hygge. She likes hygge. The Queen, she likes hygge. It's hygge time. So basically, with he, she, it and their equivalents, remember that S is, has, does, likes. He don't know is wrong, but it's not going to confuse anyone. Occasionally, when I correct students on such slips, they respond by saying, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's a fantastic comment to hear from a Dane, known for their, your Danish must be precise and pronounced perfectly if we have any chance of understanding you. The main areas where Danes go wrong with agreement. Remember that men, women, children and people are plural. So they. The people who live there make candles. Not the people who lives there makes candles. And remember this pronunciation. One woman, two women. Next, we think they for things with two parts, like trousers, scissors and glasses, the I version. Your trousers are so hoogly. Other and another. Use other with plurals. Another is always singular. Other people, another person. Also remember that every only comes before singulars. Every country, every person, every time. One of Dane's most common mistakes is using are here. With phrases starting one of, you need to use is or verb plus s. One of the hoogliest things I know is staring at a fire. One of my neighbours works as a Santa elf. Next, everyone loves hygge. Someone has stolen my wooden monkey. Nobody knows. Is anything wrong? With everything, everyone, everywhere, and the equivalent starting with some, no and any, think it or he, she. It's illogical, of course. Everyone is clearly more than one, and therefore they. Illogical or not, it's worth remembering. Everyone and everything is perfect. How nice. And the final one. Which sounds better to you? Liverpool is or are winning? The company hopes or hope to grow? <laughs>
Both are fine. The essential difference is this. Do you see the team, the government, the family, the company as single units or as a group of individuals? If single units, think it. If a group of individuals, think they. Typically, Brits are more likely to see these as groups of individuals and Americans as single units. Liverpool is winning sounds pretty weird to me. Of course, I usually say we're winning, to which Christine always makes a sarcastic remark about me being on the pitch. There are a number of differences between British and American English, typically regarding pronunciation, root or route, different words for the same thing, pavement, sidewalk, lift, elevator, or sharing the same word, but it having different meanings. Mad, fag, pants. We all love Americans, so you won't catch me saying anything rude about their bastardization of our great language. Quite the opposite. It's good that Americans use different words from us. Whenever I haven't a clue what a word means, I can say, it's probably American, rather than admit my ignorance. And a quickie that has nothing to do with this. With Hooger, it's important to get the lighting right, not lightning. Lightning is what you get struck by in a thunderstorm, if you're unlucky. Lightning never strikes twice, so they say, but it probably would in the UK right now. Anyway, still lacking a Christmas present? I can't recommend the Hugo book, but I can recommend another. The Year of Living Danishly by Helen Russell. As mentioned previously, after shelving my own book on Denmark and the Danes, as I needed to get a job, I subsequently watched in horror as others' observations on Danish life started to fill the airport bookshops. I avoided them. A few years ago, I read Michael Booth's take on the Nordic countries in The Almost Nearly Perfect People, and that I also recommend. Helen's book explores why you Danes are so darn happy, and she interviews a number of Danish experts who are all sickeningly happy. Sounds tiresome, but there's plenty of humour, warmth, and much-needed healthy scepticism towards the Danish way. And here's the joke. Goofy is struggling on a gift for his girlfriend, and asks Mickey Mouse for advice. I don't know what to get her for Christmas. How about a book? Nah, she's already got one. Ho, ho, ho. Gets me every time. Cheerio.